Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Graham Hislop, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Well, welcome to part three of Practicing the Way, everybody. And you'll be able to find, if you haven't joined us, for part one, and two are online. You can find them on our YouTube channel. And Jared just let me know as well that we've got a brand new podcast coming out online. We've already got uh, one episode up there because we've been on a journey of following Jesus. And it has actually been uh, one of the most enriching seasons uh, for so many of us as we discover the way. The way. That's what it was called in the Bible before it was called Christianity. It was actually called The Way. And Jesus has been inviting us to enter into a different kind of life. That's what we worked out. And that different kind of life is a richer, deeper, more satisfying. It's not competing for your mountain biking trips, hits of dopamine. It's not that. It's something that is far more satisfying and far more rich and something that we actually all long for. So we discovered that there are practices, and I I mentioned on week one and two that there is nothing you can do to make God love you more at all. His love for you was so, He bankrupt heaven because He loved you so much. He, he, He said, you're the one and I love you. And He took everything upon Himself. But then we also said that while that remains 100% true and nothing could ever take away from it, that we also discovered amongst that, that there is probably a lot you can do to become more like Jesus. A lot. And I don't know how you've been finding this week because we talked about last week, rule of life. We talked about St. Benedict, who had Latin scholars, more than even Bible scholars have talked about this word rule aren't rules, like more commandments for our lives, but rule meaning uh, regular. And it also translates into a word called trellis. So last week we talked about John 15, where Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, my father is the gardener. And it turns out he's got a real passion for pruning, does our God. And that's okay, because we need it, don't we? We're, uh, if, we're, if, we, if we don't allow him to do those things, it's tricky. Anyway, we've got a picture of this vine because I talked last week about you know, Jesus saying, I am the vine and you are the branches. But this part is the trellis, is translated into regular or into rule. And that's the metal bits in the middle and then these giant lines that run down. Some are wired, you can see on the left and right. And basically what we talked about was without support and without the right practices, structure, the vine can't find life and sustenance. So we got all the spiritual intention in the world. We want to know God and we want to follow Jesus and we want to experience the life that he brings. But without the practices, we've ended up in a practiceless Christianity by a lot of definitions. But I believe God's doing something new. I believe he's wanting to bring simple little shifts in our, maybe our day, where we talked about some of those last week, things we can do, and the podcast will be about this. You can actually listen to that. When will it be up, Jared? Soon and very soon. All right. So Lord, I just pray for today that you'd help us because I can see there's trouble already. And that this word, I pray for word, I pray for the word to be revelation, Lord, and uh, light. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, for the very first time ever, I'm going to read to you the list of 12 spiritual, don't bring them up yet, practices, 12 practices to following the way. But I want to say this, that the goal here would not be that you nail all 12 by Thursday lunchtime. In fact, it might not even be possible for you to nail all 12 in two or three years. It might be that for the first year, you pick off four and the things that you actually do rather than just intend to do. And, and by doing them, they become a trellis and they actually become a structure that the life of Jesus can dwell in you. So I'm going to read you the 12, but it's a bit of a danger doing this because you're going to read them and think you know all about them. But I want you to, with fresh eyes, um, Betty David, what? It's not right. Uh, but with fresh eyes that you uh, look at this uh, and consider. So here we go, number one, well not number one, but here's the first one, Scripture, fellowship and community, communion, the Lord's Supper, servanthood and generosity, solitude and silence, that's the dream of every parent with kids under five, worship, Fasting and feasting. How many people glad we grouped them together? Thank you, Lord. Prayer. Celebration. This one here is going to flip. All of these actually are going to be great encouragements, but this one's going to be really interesting. Simplicity and Sabbath. Mission. And we'll define that a bit more. And emotional well-being. These are all practices that Jesus practiced. And so this morning... We are going to talk about Scripture. Scripture, the Word of God, the Bible. There is no more popular book. There is no more stolen book. There is no more printed book. There is no more quoted book than this. And uh, here over here are my Bibles. I got into a bit of a habit over the years of collecting them. And uh, I've given, I reckon I've given at least this many away. Would it be more, Beck? I might have given away that many again over the years. Um, and this one here is really special. That one's uh, my grandfather's. So he left it to me uh, when he died. And it's got his handwriting in it. And it's also got some Fijian money in there. <laughs> and Paris saw it before and she goes, can I have that? <laughs> Typical child. And, um, and these different Bibles have different kind of seasons and moments. I do think that I've bought them and Rebecca goes, why are you buying another Bible? And so I'm a little bit addicted to it. Now, when you see the stack of Bibles, don't for a minute think that I am especially spiritual because I have this many Bibles. Um, I haven't told you I've necessarily read them. So I'm just a big gap of mystery there in the middle. But I have um, had different journeys with each one of these Bibles. I can look at them and, and tell you stories about them. But this book, everybody, is alive. It's not just words on paper. Um, it can deal with us in the most transforming ways. It can comfort us. It can stir us up. It can challenge us. It can bring correction when correction's needed. It, se- it seems to have a way of empowering us into something, a reality that we didn't know was ours before. And without it, without the Bible, without the Scriptures, we wouldn't even know about God. I mean, someone might. He might appear to someone and then they tell them, but there's been a systematic kind of journey with the Bible over the years and, and so many years. By the way, just, uh, just to, I don't know, challenge us all, um, 
we're, I don't know where the, I might have an NLT, but there is um, some translations that are closest to Tyn, uh, Tyndale um, actually translated the original though, not into NLT, but he um, translated it from Latin into English and the king murdered him for it. They saw it such a grievous sin to translate it to a language that people who read English, that he was burnt at the stake. And so there are people even today who would give their lives, give their pay with blood um, for this book, for this powerful, powerful book. The Word of God, though, is really, really powerful. Psalm chapter 1 says that this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it, the word, the scripture, the law, day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water and you're yielding fruit in season and your leaf does not wither, but whatever you do prospers. What sort of person? The person who has this word, the word in their life and the meditating on it. They're interacting with it. Um, Joshua 1 verse 7 says this, really interesting thing. Be strong and very courageous. He was becoming a leader of a nation. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. And that refers to the truth, the word, the scripture. Uh, We have new, uh, fuller um, revelation of it now. But do not turn from that word to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. So the word of God has an ability to make you and me into something that we wouldn't be without it. And the Bible calls those words prosperous, successful, able to do what God has told you is able to be done. Jesus said in John 8, 31, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. He said in John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So just having that word in you gives you an ability and a power to interact with God in supernatural ways. Without that word, it's not possible. But that word going to work. I love what um, one scholar said. When Jesus was tempted, Scripture flowed from his lips. When Jesus was challenged, Scripture flowed from his lips. When Jesus was crucified, Scripture flowed from his lips. One of the ways to live like Jesus, he said, is to internalise scripture so that when we are cut in life, the word will spill out. So what is the word? Well, I mean, simply it's God's word. So think about someone saying something and that person being God, what he says, and that actually forms into scripture or the Bible, as this would be a Bible, but the Word of God is in the Bible, in the pages of the Bible. And this is what the Bible says about the Word of God. Are you ready? Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, and it's capable of dividing between your soul and spirit. And there's many issues in our lives that are very complex, soul issues, but sometimes spiritual issues, and it's the Word that's able to cut between both and sort them out. Romans 10.17 says, that the Word of God is a source of faith. So when you stop being able to believe or you're struggling with your faith, it's the Word of God that will give you faith. What God says. Psalm 119, 105 says that the Word of God is a light unto you, uh, and a lamp to your feet and your path. So it's shedding on it direction 
for your steps as a follower of Jesus. It goes on to say in um, uh, John 17, 17, that God's word is truth. Okay, so there is a truth. There is an ultimate truth. There's not just relative truth. And there's not just my truth. There is the truth of God's word. There's a true north for life. There's a way to build a foundation for your family and for your living. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says that the word is pure. In fact, Jesus said that by his word, you would be clean. So when the word of God is going into our lives, it's cleaning and cleansing us. It's doing this work that nothing else, nothing else can do. I love that Matthew 4.4 4 calls the Word of God the bread of heaven. It's an, it's an um, simile, it's a metaphor. Just like food on your table would give your physical body nourishment, the Word of God is food for our spirit. And if you know how to prepare it and cook it and digest it, it will make you into the kind of person that is formed in the image of Jesus. Proverbs 4 verse 5 says that the Word of God is wisdom and insight. So you'd actually be shocked at knowing the number of industries, corporations, health, um, even in the fields of health, uh, science, many other things that have been founded on the principles of the Word of God. You'd actually be shocked to know that. Uh, I love uh, Matthew seven twenty four and John fourteen ten. God's Word is the foundation of the earth, logos. It's a Greek word, logos. But it is also a divine and quickened word, rhema. Both of those scriptures refer one to logos and one to rhema, meaning... I can learn about who God is, what, what the world is and who I am through the Logos word. But I, while I'm reading it and while you're reading it, suddenly a rhema word will come and it'll be as though God is quickening a word just for you, just for your situation that you can make good of. Proverbs 4 says the word of God is health to all flesh. So we know that the word of God can heal where medicine can't heal. 1 a.m. That's fantastic. Well, that's great hope. John 6.63 says that the, the, the word is spirit and life, that there's life and spiritual power. Proverbs 2 verse 6, it brings understanding. Isaiah 30 verse 21, it brings direction, like a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. So why do we miss out on all of that? It's not because you don't understand that this is, the word of God is those things. It's not that. In fact, many people in this room, all I've done is reminded you of what you already knew. Some of you, maybe not. You're learning and you're growing. The problem is not that you don't know the Word of God does this. The problem fundamentally is that you haven't found a way yet to practice it so it can be absorbed into your day-to-day life. I have these Bibles here for another reason other than just proving how many Bibles I've got. I have had to do a real journey with the Word of God. Um, When I first started reading the Bible, I got given a Bible when I was baptised. And the Bible I got, I don't have here, but a man named Ron Lavelle gave it to me with a verse in it. 1 Corinthians 13, Scripture written on the inside. And I took that Bible and I was no good at reading um, or anything to do with literature. And I want to speak to that for a moment. Those of you who do not enjoy reading or or, or words, that's a real challenge. The, the Word of God is beyond just literature, but the vehicle of literature is powerful to accessing the Word of God. So I was 10 or 11, and I don't know why, you, I'm not sure, but I just fell in love with the Bible. I just was like, this is 
so precious. And so because I couldn't read it properly, I started sleeping with it under my pillow. I couldn't read it, so I just thought, I've got to have it near me. And then I'd sleep with it on my chest and go to sleep with it, open on a scripture. And then I'd, through doing things like, there was a Bible course called Probe. And we would do that and I'd learn a scripture, Psalm 1 or whatever scripture, and I'd just stick a verse. I'd not read through the Bible, but I just got a verse and I just held on to that and held on to that and held on to that. Well, at 22, I entered ministry and I'd read bits of the Bible, but still didn't have a practice, a way of dealing with it. And so I started reading the Bible to be able to preach the things that I felt God putting in my heart through His Word to preach. And I'd study it and I'd learn it. And I think that God actually gave me sustenance through doing that. Well, about five years ago, something happened. I continued, of course, to read the Bible, to study the Word, like Timothy, Paul wrote to Timothy, to study yourself, you know, approved as a man worthy of, I guess, the Word of God and what he's doing and to take it seriously. But my soul was looking for something more. My soul, I'd spent all these years reading this Bible, reading the Scripture, and my soul started to yearn for these words, not for messages, but because I was searching for God through them. And I remember really clearly, because these were the first two Bible in a years that I read through, and I began to force myself daily to have huge portions of Scripture flowing into my life. And some days I'd miss it in the morning, I'd have to go read it in the afternoon. Other days I'd have to read it like that next day, catch up on two days because I got busy. The first year was like wrestling a a rhino for me. It was terribly difficult because I've I'm, I'm, got a tiny touch, a little bit of ADHD every now and then. And, but I just forced myself. This is about five years ago. And then the next year, four years ago, I read it again and got a new one, obviously. See that insulation tape? Isn't that good? It was just breaking apart. And, and I started to learn more things about it and more things. And out of nowhere, I didn't know that year, but my mum was going to die. And if you've ever faced a family death or you've ever faced something really traumatic, like Jesus did, the thing that I yearned for more than anything else while my mum was dying, she was dying of a sickness. And so watching that process and I flew up there and we're doing this whole thing, right? The thing I hungered for more than anything else was God's Word. I just devoured hours of it. I'd be on a plane, I'd just read it. On the drive back, read it. Uber, I'd read it. I just got to get this word into me, this word into me, this word into me. And there was a moment in time that I realised all this word had been stored away in me, not for, ready for a crisis. It's there every day. But it would sustain me through one of the hardest and difficult moments saying goodbye to our mum. And God's word sustained me. God's life sustained me. And now, because it's been like five years of actually daily trying to really daily get serious about a practice, this is this year's Bible, um, and I apologise if you're not into writing in Bibles, but I hunger for this in the morning, just like my body hungers for porridge, <laughs> coffee, and so I have all three together. <laughs> Isn't that good? And if I miss a day, I feel like something's missing. But I want to say this, I certainly did not start that way, and I've still got a long way to go. I'm still on a full-on journey. I'm still trying to understand it. It's all good that you read it, but living it is like a whole nother thing. But I just wanted to say this, and as we conclude, and I'm going to talk with Jared and Shannon in a second. This is worth persisting with. This is worth persevering with. 
I wouldn't have known that it would take a decade or so to really get to the point where I could embed it into and practice it and find a way that worked for me. I would have never known that. But if you're struggling, if you've found it a challenge, can I tell you something? There is probably no, nothing more worthy to persevere with than getting God's Word into your life. Because if you can have God's Word in your life, all things are possible. Amen? Okay, Jared and Shannon jump up here and I just want to have a chat to these guys and just see if it, was, if it took decades as well because uh, it's definitely been an interesting journey. Come on up, guys. I think we've got some stools and some seats and uh, welcome. Hello, hello, welcome. We do have some seats. Here they are. Thanks, Victoria. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I really appreciate it. Sorry. Whoa. Awesome. What's your name? This never... Okay. So good. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Can we put yeah, thank you, guys? guys. We appreciate you. Thanks, Aaron. Just in case you're wondering, it is impossible for pastors to lift chairs. So anyway, <laughs> hey. Especially on a Sunday. It's not part of our um, Christianity. What? I was not trying to show off with my stack of Bibles. I, if anything, I was probably not showing off because it has been a wrestle. It actually has been a challenge. Have either of you struggled with um, the reading the Bible as a, as a specific question? Have either of you, has that been a thing you've actually had to grow in and understand? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't actually want to say I do also own a Bible um, that I bring out from time to time when I want to read it. Mm. Yeah, I don't have a stack. I literally just have one because I read it on my phone. People don't need computer. to buy stacks of them. I'm a big e-book. I've probably got like, I've got like every translation on the internet, but yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing, right? stack. <laughs> I haven't downloaded all I of them yet. I probably have every <laughs> translation on the internet. Wow. But like now, like this replaces that. It's unbelievable, right? And uh, pretty amazing. What about you, Jared? Uh, yeah. I've, yeah, I've definitely had struggles with it in the past. What sort? Reading it. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> Reading it. Sorry, no. Oh, yeah, I think that... Um, when I was younger, and we talked about this actually just last week, like there, there seemed to be a huge pressure around how much time was given to reading the Bible. Like, like an expectation that was set. So kind of felt like it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, is it something I said? Quiet time. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not something you said. Someone it would have been. I don't want to name him. Um, <laughs> it was more of a cultural thing, and this kind of feeling of like an unrealistic expectation of how much you should be reading and kind of put in me when I was young, this feeling of no matter how much I read, I'm not enough. doing enough yeah. and it's not good enough. And so yeah. kind of always felt like maybe it was something that was, I mean, something I had to just get over was this feeling of like, it's too hard basket. Mm. Did you, you know? were you readers growing up? Uh, I mean, I didn't do good at school, so I wasn't like, Academic, yeah. um, but I've always enjoyed reading a good novel. Right. But that never that didn't always translate into finding it easy to read, like the scriptures. Well, yeah. Like I always found that difficult myself because people be like, oh, you know, just pick up the Bible and read it. It's easy. You know, yeah. it's like accessible to everyone. And then you're reading it, and it's like first, like it doesn't take long, especially if you're reading like the words of Jesus to get something that like, it's pretty like offensive to your ego, eh? Yeah. Like you're reading, you're like, oh yeah. man, this is like way too confronting. <laughs> hey, depending oh, yeah. on where you are on the journey. Totally. Or you read something and it's like, what does this even mean? Well, pronouncing, um, pronouncing Jewish words, 
um, Hebrew words. Yeah. Like a lot, you're just making it up, eh? Yeah. And you just pray no one asks you to do it in public. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. And then you become a pastor. And then you become a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, on that expectation thing, what was the number? How long were you meant to read it for? Uh, 60 minutes. Really? I, if I was to put a number on it, that's what I would 60 I would, minutes? Would yeah, that's, that's what... I, that's what I mean. Like it seems like um, I remember just feeling yeah. like that's what you had to try and aim for. Sixty the minutes pro- the in the problem, morning. The problem with it is you hear people from platforms, um, and you admire them and you respect them, and, and because also they're handling the word of God, which kind of like I I listened to your dad preach the word when I was young, really mm. young, ten, eleven, twelve, and it helped me with the nightmares I was having. I was having nightmares really bad, and I'd come in and sit on the front road down at Quarantine Road and hear the word of God being spoken, and it was like a medicine to my soul. Mm. And so, okay, so you see someone like Brent, or you see anyone, and you think, flip, if this is what it means to be spiritual. And then they say something like, yeah, well, I pray for, you know, I pray for 28 hours a day. Yep. And then, or I read the Bible in Greek, like you, because you, you know how to read Greek. You do. Which is really annoying. Uh, you know, but, but, and then what you do is you equate that plus that equals but we've made a ton of assumptions. For me, I, I think I spend 10 or 15 minutes each morning uh, reading the scripture, two pages, but I'm slow enough to read the things that I'm reading, I'm trying to think through, and then I pull them back out. I, sometimes I take a photo of them or hold, keep it with me, but I'll pull it back out in a couple of hours in my mind or a couple of hours after that. And by the end of the day as well, I frame up the end of the day and just think about what I read in the morning so that the word is becoming flesh. Right? So it's not actually about how long, it's actually about how you probably practice it. Yeah, great. Would you guys agree with that? Yes. Yeah. What's the difference, Shannon, between... So Shannon's been studying, guys, um, crypto and Greek. And... uh, (laughs) Say good day. Anyway... um, uh, (laughs) What do you want? What do you want? (laughs) All right, anyway... um, so, I'm just trying to engage with been, the crowd. He, you know? has been, <laughs> he has been studying Greek this year. Say a Greek word. Kairos. Yeah. Carry on. Biblios. Um, so, so Hercules. Got just really. What did you say? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so, um, really fast because we've got some other questions and we need to wrap this puppy up soon, but. Can you tell, the, tell me the difference? Tell us the difference between the Word of God and the Bible. Okay, really quickly. Yes. Yeah. One minute. Well, I guess at the start, you, you have to acknowledge that the Word of God is just God's words. So if God is trying to express himself, mm. um, he's making himself known and revealing himself, well, that, that is the word or the words of God. And so the reality is like, I guess God is actually free to speak to anyone at any time in any way Mm. he chooses. Mm. But it's actually, you know, when we look at history, um, it's far less vague um, than that. Um, One of the primary ways that God has actually revealed his word is through the scriptures. But understanding that, you know, as we open the Bible, we're not just trying to, the information. We're not just trying to encounter information. Yeah. Um, like you were talking about the Logos and the Rhema. Mm. It's like, actually, we're not just trying to encounter the written word. When we read scripture, we're trying to encounter 
the author of life, mm. God himself. I think it's really important that like, when we look at scripture, we don't see it as a, like, as a mural, but more like a window that we're looking through. Mm. Um, because otherwise we just amass information. Mm. Um, but the goal has never been to know more information than you knew. Mm. The goal is actually to be exposed to this grand narrative. Because mm. when we read scripture, we, 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 far too often we try and read ourselves in too soon. Yeah. But the Bible is not about us. The main yeah. character is God. Yeah. And so it's actually as we start to understand who God is yeah. and what he's been doing since the beginning of creation yes. and how he's made himself known to humanity yes. that we actually then can start realizing where our story um, fits inside his story yeah. um, rather than trying to you know, see ourselves as the center of the universe but yeah. actually understanding, no, God is the center of the universe and we're trying to orbit or evolve around and him. And so if we made an appointment with God this afternoon and mm. he said things to us, that would be his word, God's word, but we have it recorded through people that the Bible actually says all scripture is God-breathed, mm. but the Bible actually means library, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the word Bible comes from a Greek word, biblios, which literally just means book yeah collection of collection of books yeah but the word of god is 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 actually enclosed in mm. the bible so christians need to understand that because god didn't necessarily um speak the contents well in john you, you know um john chapter one where it says page. in the beginning Sorry. <laughs> yeah. contents page contents contents um, of the bible. Yep. uh in the beginning was the word um so that you know that word logos and speaking of Jesus in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God yeah. there is nothing that has been created except through God and then you go down to verse 14 it says and the word became flesh yeah. so we've got this idea that actually when we're reading you know and how do we know who Jesus is how do we know the character of God well it's recorded yes. you know it's, it's how do we know what he's like we read these accounts of it. Yeah. But then it's not just scripture because we know that, you know, when Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, mm. the Spirit of Christ. Mm. And so when we're reading, it's kind of like, it's the perfect tag team of the Holy Spirit and scripture. I get nervous when I meet people that really know the scripture, but it doesn't seem like they know the Holy Spirit. Mm. But I get equally nervous when people are trying to tell me what the Holy Spirit is saying but they don't really have a good grasp of what's contained in the Word. Yeah. So when we're trying to encounter what is the Word of God, I reckon that's a killer combo. Yeah. It's like we read the Bible understanding that that is the written Word of God. It is the Scripture. God has intentionally revealed Himself and His plan in those books. But then it's the Holy Spirit mm. that doesn't just... He transforms the information. He says it's not about information. I'm in the business of transformation yeah. and he starts to do through something revelation. in our heart. Yeah, yeah through revelation. Um, it's, we could do this for hours, but you know, Jesus is known as the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And, and it's so incredible. Like it just, it just explodes the brain. Jared, just over the years of pastoring, what have been some of the common struggles? Because I sort of bared my soul in the sense that you know, I, you know, I didn't even know how to read it, but I fell in love with it. I didn't know what it said. Um, I, I knew, of course, parts of it as a child growing up with memory verses. But what are some of the common struggles you hear about concerning the Word of God for believers, just from a pastoral point of view? Yeah, I think um, it's actually quite similar to what Shannon was really just talking about. Um, you know, maybe the a common thing I hear people say, and this is just from combos and you know, sitting across a coffee table or whatever, is, um, yeah, I read the Bible, but... I, I don't hear God speak mm -hmm. or, or God's not speaking to me right now or mm -hmm. whatever, I'm in this, this season. 
So I think, like, I mean, there's very many practical things about, you know, your time or your ability to just sit down and read and focus. But um, I think that, you know, a big struggle that people go through is like, well, I'm reading the pages, but I'm not necessarily hearing, uh, necessarily hearing God actually speak to me. What, if we, what happens when we sit down and read the Bible and we're not inspired? We're like, man, that was a lot of numbers. Well, yeah. I think, like a whole book called Numbers. But that was a, you know, that was a lot of, what do we do? Well, I think that like this, the, whole, the whole thing is like, if, if you're saying that maybe God's not speaking to you right now, you are reading the Bible. And I know we can all do this, get to the end of the page. And it's like, oh, I better start again because I don't think I took in any of that. Yeah. yeah like, I, do, I do do that some mornings though. Yeah, same. I realise I'm totally distracted. I've been distracted in the first paragraph and wasn't really present. Yeah, totally. But I, I think like you can look at the pages or you can look at the pages while listening. Mm. You have to, we have to learn how to listen. Mm. Um, it's, it's something that I think we all have to get kind of adjusted to, learning to read and listen at the same time. It's God cool. is actually always speaking. Sometimes we're not just, we're not listening. Mm. Sometimes we're not tuning in. And so getting to know God uh, it's all about time. It's all about spending. Like that's how we build any relationship, right? We spend time. We start to get to know the person. We start to actually get to rec- recognize their voice. I spend a lot of time with Graham at the gym. At the gym, and and if he was to be in a room and, and speak, I would recognize his voice. It would be very easy for me to do. And it's the same when it comes to sounds the really weird, but I love it. But it was the same when it comes to the. It's just true. But it's the same when it comes to the word of God. Man, I haven't heard him speak. Maybe you're not recognizing it. Maybe he is speaking, really but you're not. You're not quite leaning in enough. So let's not Ooh. just be a people who do devotionals. Let's do. A, let's be a people who dive deep into the Word of God. Actually, who, I wrote. I wrote this down in my notes. I didn't mention it, but having a regular Word of God in you makes you a candidate for the moments of the Word of God. Great. So if you talk to people and there's not regular Word in them, there's not a foundational kind of like the ingredients, the base there. So that when the Spirit of God wants to speak to you, because it's so strange, isn't it, that, that we're, we're kind of looking for the exception, but not willing to engage with the rule. You know what I mean? The rule of life. Isn't that good? I like how that worked just then. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's great. Um, okay, guys, we're going to finish up. Time is gone, big time. Mm. So I'm going to ask you um, a last question, all right, uh, each, and uh, it's going to need to be relatively succinct, but... How do you interact with it at this stage of your life, Jared? Yeah. Um, how is it life-giving to you? Can you give us your daily routine? Do you read it each day? Most days. Yep. I, if, I would, if I said I read it every single day, I'd be lying, um, unfortunately. Uh, but like, it's, it's a most-day thing. It sets up my day. Yep. It's the beginning of my day. Um, so how, how does that work for you? I mean, like if it's in the working week, like, I mean, I've got three young kids at home. And um, I would love to be able to get up and read uh, the Bible before them, but I'd have to get up at three in the morning to do it. <laughs> and also, if I try and read it at home with them around, and I would love to do that as well because I think that would be an awesome example for them. I actually feel like I'm not really being the best dad and there's other things that I have to be sorting out in the moment because we've got things to do. So I, once the family actually leave for school, which is around about 8 o'clock in the morning, I actually leave the house as well. I come down to the church offices, into my office, and I spend just a, a, bit, of time, a bit of time just reading the Word of God. And that right now, it's actually quite a new thing. I haven't been doing that for, for, for a long time, but that is a habit that has kind of just like turned into my daily routine. Like all those Bibles also represent different ways and modes. I could talk you through it, you'd be bored to tears. 
But like, I remember journaling one year particularly. I remember some of those thinner ones are actual books of the Bible, and I just focused on a book for like three months at a time. Others are like devotional Bibles, so they've got the Bible. So if you digest the Word of God through devotional, online devotional, that's totally legit, but it's you trying to get the Word further into you. So the modes, right, mm-hmm. they should be changing yep. because we don't, we don't want to traditionalise God yeah. and box Him and think we've got Him all sorted. And can I say one more thing on that? Like, I, I don't have a set time. Okay, it's not an hour, it's not 30 minutes. Sometimes I do read for 13 minutes. Sometimes it just takes five minutes. Sometimes it takes a whole chapter. Sometimes it's just one sentence. I read the Word of God not to finish the book, but to actually get what God wants to say to me. And that can only take a paragraph. That can take one minute, and that's all it needs to be for me. Shannon, what about you? Just as we come in for a landing. Uh, Yeah, I think if I I looked at my rhythms, um, I don't... I wouldn't think of it so much as reading the Bible as studying the Bible. So, I, like studying. Um, so, I would probably do seventy percent of my rhythms would be based on study. Yeah. Um, obviously, being uh, in the vocation of pastor, probably twenty five percent like would be prepping messages and thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I do dabble with devotional stuff as well, like maybe just reading a chapter a day and trying to find something. You know, mm-hmm. just reading it for the sake of reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But again, not every day. I'd more think probably in terms of uh, weeks, you know, like as I enter a week, I'd be thinking, all right, like what's in my bucket of life? Mm -hmm. And I would probably, even before I'm thinking about putting my rhythms and routines in, I'm just like trying to plan doable days, doable weeks, not trying to live at warp speed. Because one thing I've realized is like when I live at warp speed, it just warps my soul. And all of a sudden, then things like reading scripture or studying the word, they just start to feel like another to-do that I have to tick off a list yeah, yeah, to be doing the right thing. So yeah. even before that, I'm just trying to plan days with margin, weeks with space, because what, now, um, what I've discovered is when I'm going at a pace that is a healthy and sustainable and manageable pace, that's when I start to get ex- excited um, by the word or what God's doing rather G- than... Generally speaking, yes or no, and any answer is okay, but do you find it beneficial Like if you start the day with the word, it makes a, a, a noticeable difference? Uh, yeah, I do. Nah, Definitely. not for me. Yeah. Um, it just, it doesn't, and like I say that because we've, we've had this chat amongst us before, <laughs> but it, one of the things that I've really found hard is when you hear what other people do mm. and then you try it yeah. and it doesn't matter how hard you try it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So what does work is getting the word into you. Yes. But what I would say, rather than being like, it should be this time or this style, is lean into your personality, lean into your creativity, mm. explore how it works for you, yeah. start simple, mm. um, be realistic yeah. and just be faithful. And, yeah. and actually don't compare your spiritual walk to anyone else's in the room. Because mm. if, they're, if they're not doing what you perceive you're doing, well, then you're just sitting there feeling proud about how awesome you are. Eh, wrong answer. Or if you look at someone and you think, flip, I'm not living up to that. Well, you're like, oh, maybe one day. But actually, also, wrong answer. It's your relationship with God. It will flourish if you spend time with Him. And like any relationship I have with someone, I don't have a cookie cutter mold for how I do relationships with all people. What I've discovered is I interact with everyone differently. And I think that's the same with us and God. Of course there's scripture. Of course there's prayer. Of course there's all of the disciplines and the practices. But you will thrive the most when you discover 
how you connect through how he's created and wired you. Okay, so do you need to do something new? Do you need to mix it up? Do you need to re-engage with it? Do you just need to set a five-minute goal for seven days in a row and just know, ask yourself at the end of the seven days, was it worth it? Just measure it. Be pragmatic. Did it make mm. any difference? What did I feel while I was reading it? What did it do to my mind? I want to finish with one scripture and then we're going to pray. And it says this, and this is just to reinforce what Shannon just said. Because it's Jesus said, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you'll have eternal life. But these scriptures are about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And I want to just say that as much as we're going to preach the Bible or the practices, the practices are for an end goal that you might feel embraced, uh, enveloped, uh, ingrained into the life of Jesus Christ. That would be the goal. Amen? We've gone a little bit long this morning, but I think it's probably uh, worth it that we do it justice in practicing the way. So this week, practice the scriptures. Let's finish by praying, shall we? And then you can close the service. Would that be good? Okay, thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. It's um, cherished in this place. Even I think back to the years of being a child in this church and it was revered and honoured. And we just want to, once again, Lord God, say thank you for your word. And I just pray that in the modern life, it's become noisy and crowded, distracted and confused. For this people, those online, bring a moment of time where the word becomes bread, where the word becomes life. I pray for revelation and wisdom that they may know you better. I pray, Lord God, we'd all keep going deeper. I pray we'd understand it. And I pray that there would be released an appetite and desire for the Word of God like never, ever before in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we thank Jared and Shannon? Thank you very much. We love you very much. Amen. Hand over to you. Yeah, sounds good. Let's thank Pastor Graham as well for that um, amazing word, those ideas and thoughts leading us through that. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.